I want to talk a little bit about communication. Communication is hard. It's hard work. It's something we all think we're good at, and it, honestly, quite few of us are, are good at it at all. Communication is hard work because there's two parts of communication, and this is what I, when I do premarital counseling, I spend most of my time on communication because it's the biggest issue. And there's two parts of communication. There's hearing and there's speaking. And we think we're pretty good at the speaking part, right? I can tell you what I want, I can tell you what I think, my opinions, my beliefs, and I can do it in such a way that it's neither too aggressive so that the person understands but they hate you for it, or it's too passive the person doesn't quite know where you're coming from, right? That's the speaking part. But communication is also listening. And that's the part most of us are pretty poor at, myself included. Because what happens when someone's speaking to you? You're thinking of the comeback, right? You're like, oh, I know how to answer you, and I know how to answer that, and I know how to debate that, and I know how to show you're wrong, right? Very rarely do we actually listen to understand. And so I do this exercise when I do premarital counseling. I have a couple in my office, and I'll say, okay, I want you to think of three things that you would like your fiancé to do more or less often. And I know I'm in trouble when they write down three things right away. They're like, oh yeah, I got my list. I got ten right here, buddy, right? I'm like, oh, it's going to be a long session, right? But sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes they're like, oh, he does nothing wrong. He's absolutely perfect, right? I'm like, okay, he's not perfect. <laughs> Trust me, he's not perfect. She's not perfect, right? Just think of three things. And they'll write three things down. And I'll say, I want you to say it like this. I would like it if. Because when you say, I would like it if, what you're saying is, this issue is not your issue. It's my issue. I have the problem, so I'm owning it. I would like it if. And so the person says something like, uh, I would like it if you would uh, clean your car when you pick me up for a day. Okay, good, good. That's clear, that's specific, makes sense, right? So I'll say to the, to the, to the guy, I'm like, okay, so what did you hear? And he'll, he'll hear something like, she thinks I'm a slob. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 she didn't say that. You're not listening. Because when we listen, we have to go through all those filters and those biases and those misconceptions and preconceptions. So try it again. What I want you to say is, what I hear you saying is, and the guy will say, well, what I hear you saying is you want me to clean the car. And she'll say, no, 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 no. I only want you to pick up the trash that's in it when you pick me up on a date. Okay. So what you're saying is, I'm not a slob, and I don't have to keep the car in pristine condition, but you want me to pick up some of the trash in the car before I pick you up on a date. And she goes, yes, that's it. And now... They're finally communicating. Communication. It's hearing. It's understanding. And in our text for today, Jesus is not talking about that. In our text for today, Jesus is going like ten steps further. Because in our text for today, Jesus is talking about hearing, about understanding, and action. 
which is a whole lot harder. Jesus is asking us to hear his words and then act on it immediately. And that is something we really don't like to do. Nobody likes to be pressured into a decision. Imagine you go to the restaurant, right? You go to the restaurant, uh, they sit you at your table, and the waiter or waitress walks up and says, what do you want to order? You're like, whoa, I just got here. You know, a smart waiter, smart waitress would give the menu out, maybe ask for a drink order, and then they walk away because they know you want time. Imagine going to a car lot, and you walk into the car lot, and the salesperson says, you want to buy that car, maybe this car? How about this car right here? You want to buy this car right here? They never do that, right? The good salespeople, they never ask that question. What they do is they ask you other questions. Oh, so do you have a family? Well, how many kids do you have? Do they play sports? And they ask you all these questions before, and they ask you so many questions that you have already picked out the perfect car for yourself. Because you answered all the questions in just this way, you have sold the car already. That's how good salespeople do it. But Jesus is not in the business of sales. Jesus is in the business of saving lives. He speaks. And he invites. No, he demands a response. If you've served in our military, police officers, all first responders, they know how this works. They know the importance of hearing and acting immediately. Because a delay can cost time and can even cost lives. And they know how this works. Military first responders, they know the importance of being under authority and taking and receiving and giving orders. This is what Jesus is talking about. And most of us, most of the time, we don't live in this type of world. We have the privilege of taking our time, at least a little bit of time to make a decision. But you're capable of it. Each and every one of you is capable of hearing, understanding, and acting immediately. And I know this is true because of this picture right here. I think there should be an alarm clock, sound of a dog puking. Nothing gets me up and out of bed faster than the sound of my dog puking. <laughs> Especially if you have new carpet. Right? You'll hear the noise. You're like, oh, here we go. Like, out the door, right? You know this. Some of you have kids who are fantastic at this, right? The key words were, Dad, I don't feel so... And the word good never came out, right? Something else came out, and it was not good. It was very, very foul, right? And you know how this works. You know what it is to hear, to understand, and take action, right? Move the dog. Kid to the bathroom. You can do this. And this is what Jesus is inviting us to do. He's inviting us, his hearers, to hear, to understand, and to act. And what does he say? Believe. That's the action. Believe. And believing is more than just assent or acknowledgement. 
Believing is more than just, yes, I agree, we're all good here. Believing is orientating your life on that core truth. You may not be able to explain the theory of gravity, but you operate your life on this core truth. Have you been to the Grand Canyon? Have you thought, man, it looks really cool down there? How many of you just like stepped off to take a look? Right? <laughs> Nobody does that. We're like, I know that some core truths, and one core truth is gravity. And I'm not stepping off the edge, no matter how cool it looks down there. Because I orientate my life around some core truths. Believing is more than just, yes, I, I agree. Believing is acting upon that belief. And that's what Jesus is inviting us to do in the gospel reading for today. Believing in Jesus is trust. It's to trust Jesus with your life. It's to trust Jesus with your life, not just for when you die, so that you've got the life preserver at your life's end. But it's to trust Jesus with your decisions, with how you live, it's to trust Jesus with how you speak and how you treat others and even how you think. To believe in Jesus is to orientate your life around the core truth that he is God in the flesh who died upon a cross for your sin and for mine, who redeemed your life. In other words, who bought you at a price and that you are his. To believe is to trust Jesus and to orientate your life around that core truth. And so I want to do a, kind of a, a visual illustration about trust. And so I, I, need, I need my son. So thank you, Tim. Thank you, buddy. Come on up. All right, good, good, good. All right. So what did I say to you last night? I asked if you would do this, and you said... Yeah. You said, yeah. And did I tell you what I was going to do with you? No. 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 Okay. So what I'd like you to do, Tim, is like you stand this, right this. I want you to put your arms out like that. Okay? I would like you to fall backwards. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try again? Okay. All right. Just, now, I'm going to catch you. Do you trust me? Okay, all right, I'm going to catch you, buddy. All right, we'll do it again. Here we go. Now, now don't fall backwards until I say, fall now. All right? Because I might be talking and not looking at you, and then you fall backwards. And that's bad. All right? So, so you're ready? Okay, all right. Fall now. Oh, that's good. Good job. Good. Right. Actually, that's kind of easy, don't you think? I mean, he knows I'm there, right? I mean, we should make it a little harder. <laughs> because sometimes people say seeing is believing. And quite honestly, when we see how Jesus works, we see how Jesus acts, we don't actually see Jesus. So, all right. All right, so this is a little bit more tricky, right? Right? Okay. So spread out your arms. Okay. Fall now. Good job, man. Good job. Good job. 
but quite honestly. Quite honestly, our walk with Jesus is sometimes much harder because the risks are sometimes greater. And in those times, it's hard. I mean, sometimes we don't see Jesus. Sometimes it feels like he's not really there. We go through those tough times in life. Oh, what are you doing, buddy? You got to keep that on. Sorry. You good? Yeah. All right. Keep it on, okay? Okay. All right, thanks, man. (laughs) Sometimes it feels as if God is absent. It's not really there. You have those times in your life? You're like, God, where are you? Are you even there? Do you really care? Hey. So you're going to share now. Okay, buddy? Okay. Just stand right there. Okay. Don't. Here. You're in the middle of the chair? Okay. Stand right there. Okay. All right? That's nice. And it feels as if God is absent. <laughs> <laughs> and if God doesn't care. And you're in those times of your life, you wonder, God, do you really care? Are you really there? And God says, trust me. So Tim, why don't you stand up? your arms out. Paul, now. <laughs> I can hear your voice already. Hi, <laughs> buddy. I'm going to take care of you. Stay there, stay there, stay there. Good job, Timbers. <laughs> Trust is hard, huh? It's true. How do we trust God when it feels as if, when it sounds as if he is absent? When you feel like praying those same words of Jesus on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How do we trust then? I wish I could give you four easy steps for trusting God. Here's four easy steps. Follow these steps. It's a piece of cake. It's not easy. You know this. You've been there. But I love these words of Paul to his friend Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said this. Here's a trustworthy trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Jesus is the one who went to the cross for you and for me. He's the one who was truly forsaken by God when he made your sin and my sin, his. He took our sin upon himself and he died on a cross for it so that you and me might be forgiven and free. He is the one who rises from the dead to give you life now 
and always and every day. And if you're feeling as if God is not present, I'd like to share these words from Tim Keller with you. He said this, The silence of God is not absence. A sense of his absence is an evidence that he has touched you. Make sense? So if you're feeling, God, why aren't you there? It's only because you've known God has been there in the past. <clears throat> and because God is faithful, he promises to be there in the present and the future. A lot of times when people are going through tough times, they, they always ask this question, it's why, right? God, why? It's a super hard question. I'm not even sure it's if it's an answerable question. I don't know if it has an answer. It may not. The question I prefer is where? God, where are you in the midst of all this? Where are you in the midst of this loss? Where are you in the midst of this fear? Where are you in the midst of this uncertain future? Lord God, where are you in the midst of all of this pain? And God is where he always is. Risen from the cross. Securing your future. Victorious for you. Amen? Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord for life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Amen.